Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm back. Did you miss me? Welcome back. After an eight-month departure, I bet you miss me, but it's time for a relic reveal video. Bye-ya! We are back and we are excited after eight months. I, you gotta understand, people. I've been sitting on this news for eight months. It's been eating me up inside. I'm so happy we could finally share. We shared it at the December 12th Our Lady of Guadalupe Festival. We talked about it at all the masses. We are getting the last relic for now. And this one is a showstopper. This is incredible. We are getting the relic of the veil of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Now, I know what you're thinking. How do you get a, a relic? How do you get a relic of a woman who didn't die, left no body behind, right? All the other relics are pieces of bone that we have from all these great saints, which is one of the reasons why I love being Catholic, because that's kind of weird. But Mary, we believe, assumed, we dogmatically hold that Mary was assumed body and soul into heaven. So what kind of relics do we get? Well, you don't get first-class relics, let me tell you that much. You get second-class relics. What's second-class? Items that were personal to the saint themselves. And so here's the story, let me tell you a tale. The Blessed Virgin Mary was sinless. She's the Immaculate Conception. She was predestined by God the Father to be the mother of her son, our Lord Jesus Christ. This is why Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 says, In the fullness of time, born of a woman, born under the law, Christ entered into our world. In the fullness of time meant God had this planned. And yet, like a gentleman, he still asked through the archangel Gabriel. And Mary said, Let it be done unto me according to thy word. As Catholics, we believe that God sanctified or saved Mary for the this role, this unique role in salvation history, preserving her from original sin. This is where we get the phrase, the immaculate conception, conceived without sin. But this means that Mary had the potential to commit an actual sin throughout her life, but by the special graces afforded to her by her mission to be the mother of the Redeemer, Mary was preserved without the stain of original sin and actual sin throughout her life, that Mary was sinless. This means that as a human person, Mary is our solitary boast, right? Mary is the one who was God's perfect disciple. She was the first one to say yes to Jesus, and she was the best of us who said yes to Jesus. And so from this point on, you think about the wages of sin is death, according to St. Paul. How does that apply to Mary who never committed sin? Would she have died like all the rest of us? What's the traditions that kind of surround the end of Mary's life? Now, unfortunately, there's no historical record. There's no book that, that kind of chronicles what happens. But there are a handful of traditions and customs that have come down to us this day about what happened at the last moments of Mary's life. So let's talk about the story of Mary from the resurrection to today when we get the relic of the veil for Our Lady of the Angels Chapel. I mean, her story keeps going on, but for our purposes, it's coming to the chapel. So Mary was there in the upper room on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell in tongues as of fire upon the heads of all the apostles and the holy women who were gathered with them. The Bible specifically says that Mary was there with them and they were all ignited with this new mission and power, the life of Christ being lived out in them. And they went out into the church or out into Jerusalem and preached the gospel for the first time. This is all in Acts chapter 1 and chapter 2. But the story of Mary ends basically there. Until we pick it up in the book of Revelation, the woman clothed with the sun, on her head a crown of 12 stars, under her feet the moon, you know, all this beautiful imagery, the woman who gives birth to a male child destined to rule the nations, all that beautiful stuff. 
But what happened in the interim, in the non-biblical, outside, extra-biblical sources that we can draw from, we know very little. Number one, we know that on the cross, Jesus gave Mary over to the disciple that he loved, John. So John preached all throughout Asia Minor and basically set up his base of operations in Ephesus. And today you can actually go to Ephesus and see the site of where they believed the early Christian community lived and thrived and where they believed the house of Mary was at. So that's pretty cool. But then the story goes that the 12 apostles that were left, so there's probably like eight or nine of them actually left towards the end of Mary's life, all journeyed to Jerusalem. And there in Jerusalem, they were with her as she entered into her dormition. And the church that's there, it's a big uh, Benedictine monastery or abbey that's over the site of the dormition of Mary. There they believe that Mary entered into the sleep of death. She didn't violently die, right? Her life did not depart from her like it does us because of the consequence of sin, but rather she went to sleep. This is the oldest tradition. In fact, in the Eastern Catholic churches and Eastern Orthodox churches, the feast is known as the Feast of the Dormition of Mary. But what happened next is absolutely fascinating because as Catholics, we believe that the body of the Blessed Virgin Mary, as well as her soul, were assumed into heaven. Now, when we talk about Mary being assumed, it's different than Christ ascending because Christ's ascension was under his own power, right? The Father, the Holy Spirit, the Son, he ascended into heaven. But Mary was assumed it was not under her own power because she's not God. We don't believe Mary was God ever at all, ever, ever, ever. Okay, so the idea that the assumption was Mary was that the son vindicated his mother's faithfulness and she became, in imitation of her son, the first fruits of the resurrection from the dead of Christ's faithful. So she's assumed body and soul into heaven. So Mary is there right now with her glorified spiritual body. So where do we get the relics? Well, the story goes, and I love this story, classic Thomas, classic Thomas, that the apostles are there and they're with Mary and she enters into her dormition. So they take her body where they're going to put it in a tomb. What do you do? They don't know that she's going to be assumed in heaven. And of course, Thomas shows up late to the party, just like he did for the resurrection. He walks in late and he realizes, as uh, with the rest of the apostles, that she had already passed. So they take him to the tomb and there they find it completely empty, except for her veil and other collections of her belongings that were with her. Now, this veil, we don't really know from that point until about the 400s where the story continues. And the story gets picked up by our homeboy and other relic that we have here at the church, St. Jerome. St. Jerome was a secretary to the Pope. He's the one that translated the Bible into the Latin Vulgate. And he was studying biblical Hebrew in Bethlehem at the time. And the story goes that he was able to receive the veil from whatever patriarch was there in Jerusalem at the time. He received the veil of Mary. So this already had a church built around it. This already had devotions built around it for hundreds of years. By the time 400s roll around, Jerome takes the veil and, and basically runs to Rome with it. Now, I don't know how, uh, how legit this was. seems to me that if I had the veil of Mary, I'd be upset with some guy taking it to Rome. However, the story is that Jerome takes it there to Rome, and it was a good thing that he did. For about 120 years later, Islam conquers this area, and a lot of things like relics in this regard were obviously destroyed. So as time unfolded in Rome and the diocese in Italy, veneration of the veil of Mary became one of the, not the highest, the highest would be the true cross, one of the greatest relics that we have in our great treasury of relics. The veil was given and a single thread 
would be taken from the veil and sent to different parishes throughout the world that requested this relic. And we are going to be one of the last of the churches uh, recently who will receive a literal thread from the veil of Mary. Now, we know for a fact that this particular veil dates at least to the 400s, if not earlier. So the authenticity of it has been verified by many historians who are not me. I'm not going to go through those arguments. But the tradition being passed down to us is we know for sure goes all the way back to that same garment that Jerome brought to the Pope in the 400s. So just think about the history of what this means for us. Think about how it just builds up the body of Christ, knowing that we have these touch points, these connections to events that have taken place in the past. I said that they laid Mary's body in the tomb, but one of the proofs for the assumption of Mary that has often been said by Orthodox and Catholic alike to many Christians who deny Mary's uh, assumption into heaven is that the church was all about venerating relics all about the tombs of the saints and the faithful ones that have gone before us, the martyrs, the virgins, the confessors, whomever. We had a great zeal for honoring those who have done honorable things. And yet there is not a single site in the world that is the tomb of Mary. All of them, all of the different places that honor Mary, honor her assumption, or they honor her dormition, acknowledging that she did not die like we die. It wasn't a violent separation of soul from body, but it was a falling asleep until her Lord took her body and soul and assumed her into heaven. Now, this is a beautiful doctrine that we have as Catholics. We've believed this since time immemorial. However, due to widespread anti-Mary antagonism from other groups, you know, all this different stuff, attempts of Catholics to marginalize Mary in order to get along with other groups in Christianity, the Pope had to solemnly define the doctrine of the assumption. So this is a dogma of the Catholic Church. We are obliged to believe that Mary was assumed body and soul into heaven. And I think it is so beautiful seeing this strand, this golden thread going all the way back to Pentecost, going all the way back to Mary's dormition, to the age of the apostles, with the apostles' relics that we have, with the early saints, St. Jerome, all of these things leading up to the Our Lady of the Angels Chapel. This is beautiful for us in our faith here in our local parish, in our local diocese, in the local church. We have this universal experience of not just the history, but the wide scope and all the people involved who have preserved, defended, and elevated and guarded the faith so that you and I might come to believe and believing have eternal life in Jesus Christ. So brothers and sisters, I'm excited about this relic. This is the last one of the relics that I know of. Jay, you got any more relics? Are you hiding anything? Nothing in my pocket. Nothing in his pocket, although Jay will become a first-class relic. But in this, we have, this is the last and the final and the biggest, the, the grand pooba of all the relics, minus the true cross. And we are so excited to have unveiled the veil of Mary. See what I did there? on the Feast of Our Lady Guadalupe, yet another beautiful liturgical tradition here in our church that also points to the magnanimity, to the hugeness of the Catholic faith, the international glory that is the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. You and I belong to it. What a beautiful privilege and honor it is to be a part of the body of Christ and worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May God bless you, and I'll see you at Mass at Our Lady of the Angels Chapel, coming soon. I ruined the ending. <laughs> Why did I have to say that? Alrighty, folks, this is the last relic reveal that I'm aware of that we're going to do until we can worship Christ in the Our Lady of the Angels Chapel together, surrounded by the great cloud of witnesses that is the Catholic saints. God bless you, and I'll see you there.